It's about not creating the most commissions just in the short term. It's about building relationships. It's about serving the person. And we really believe that it's more important to win a person's trust than it is to win the sale. Welcome to Starve the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our co-host today is Stephen Tesler from postaldriver.wordpress.com. Hey, Stephen. How are you, Jared? I'm doing great. One of the reasons I'm doing so great is we're fortunate today to speak with Rory Vaden. Rory is a keynote speaker, performance coach, consultant, author, entrepreneur, and a self-disciplined strategist. He founded Southwestern Consulting, which works with companies, organizations, and individuals in achieving success by leveraging self-discipline. Rory is the author of the book, Take the Stairs, which has become a New York Times bestseller. It also ranked number one in Amazon, Wall Street Journal, and the USA Today. He is also the host of the Rory Vaden Show, a nationally syndicated weekly radio show for movers and shakers in the world of business. Rory seeks to help people improve their focus, raise their productivity, and increase their income when they take the stairs. It's a pleasure to have you, Rory. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jared. I'm, I'm excited to be here. And Steve, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Rory. All right, Rory. So the question we ask everybody on this show to kick off is what is the best concert that you have ever been to? Oh, my God. Oh, the best concert I have ever been to. You know, probably the most memorable one and most powerful one was a Christian concert by a band called Third Day. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them. Absolutely. Uh, But man, I love those guys and I love Mac Powell. And that was probably the most powerful concert that I've ever been to. You know, my second one, ironically, would probably be the Family Values, which was Method Man and Red Man and Corn. And that was quite the dichotomy of, of concerts, if you will. Yeah, a little bit of a contrast there. Well said. All right, let's roll into blank versus blank. We're going to give you a couple of options, and then if you'd be willing to pick one and a short reason why. Stephen, would you kick us off? I'll do that. Rory, this comes from your book, Take the Stairs. Would you rather be a buffalo or a cow? Oh, you've got to be the buffalo, baby. Buffaloes in Colorado, where I grew up, you know, we have buffaloes and cows. And when the storms come, the storms come from the west and they roll out towards the east. And what cows do is very natural. They can sense that a storm is coming. And so they will try to run east to run away from the storm. But the only problem with that is that if you know anything about cows, they're not real fast. And so when the cows run east, the storm catches up with them quite quickly. And without knowing any better, the cows, they continue to try to outrun the storm. But instead of outrunning the storm, they actually run with the storm, which maximizes the amount of pain and time and frustration that they experience from that storm, which is stupid. (laughs) Um, And yet humans do the same thing all the time. We spend so much of our lives constantly trying to avoid the inevitable challenges that come along with the circumstances that our very own choices have led us to be in. And the key insight that ultra performers and successful people have realized is problems that are procrastinated on are only amplified and waiting always makes it worse. And so Buffalo, to your question, Buffalo, on the other hand, what they do is they wait for the storm to cross right over the crest of the peak of the mountaintop and they run straight through it. And, uh, you know, it minimizes the amount of time and pain that they experience from the storm. So that Buffalo mindset is representative of a take the stairs mentality. And it's realizing that we always pay a price. We either pay the price now today, or we'd pay it later with interest. So I would definitely be a Buffalo. 
That's well said. I've heard you either have the pain of regret or the pain of self-discipline. Would you say that's probably in line with that? Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think it's more than that. You know, Jim Rohn, I think, was the one whose credit was saying you either have the pain of regret or you have the pain of self-discipline. I think the thing is, when we say that, we kind of think of them as being equal. But the pain of regret is much worse. Like procrastination and indulgence are really nothing more than creditors that charge us interest. And so the things that seem easy in the short term, doing whatever we want, eating whatever we want, saying whatever we want, doing whatever is comfortable and safe and convenient is easier in the short term. But those are the things that create the more difficult life later on. So that's the pain of regret, but it's much greater than the pain of discipline. So they're not an equal trade-off. And the paradox, and this is right out of the book, the paradox principle of sacrifice is that the easy short-term choices lead to difficult long-term consequences. And meanwhile, the difficult short-term choices lead easy long-term consequences. So making the sacrifice, putting in the work, doing the extra effort, you know, being disciplined, that's what creates the easier life. And so it's really not a sacrifice at all. It's just a short-term down payment on a rich future blessing. Wow. I'm guilty of needing to hear that today. Thank you. For <laughs> well, that's that's all what right. we're all about, Jared. We're trying to guilt people into taking action. That's, that's the core strategy. I love it. Maybe a future book. All right. So let's roll into finish this sentence. We're still in the icebreaker portion of the interview here. And the first finish this sentence, we'll give you the beginning of the sentence. And if you'd finish it, if you are not a fan of the Denver Broncos, blank. You are a loser. (laughs) Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) Ironically, if you are a fan of the Denver Broncos, my wife and I went to the Super Bowl and it was very, very painful to sit in the stands and watch what happened. So, yes, I'm a huge Broncos fan. Fair enough. All right, Steve, let's do another finish this sentence. Okay. Rory, fear is an acronym for... False evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Fear is sort of a fictional story. It's our creativity working in the wrong direction. It's when we lose to the story of what could happen rather than the reality of what actually happens. It's our creativity working in the wrong direction. And uh, yeah, I mean, fear is the enemy. Yeah, This isn't an icebreaker. This is a quiz to see if I know the crap in my own book. <laughs> 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 or we're testing to see how good you're paying attention to, to any ghost writers that might yeah. be helping you along the way. Right. So. <laughs> if you're a ghost writer, don't come on the Jared Easley show. <laughs> You'll get discovered. All right, let's keep going with finish this sentence. The most important thing that you need to remember about the phrase start with stop is... There is a tremendous amount of progress that can be made from simply deciding what are all the things you need to stop doing. In other words, we always talk about, okay, this plan we're going to get on and this thing that we're going to do. And it's like, when I wrote Take the Stairs, I never set out to solve the world's problems. I really set out to solve my own. And about nine years ago, I had over $50,000 in debt. And you know, one of the other things that was going on, I was about 45 pounds heavier than I am right now. And I realized that it was like, I couldn't just get myself to work out every day. I couldn't get myself to do all these things. And so all I focused on was, what could I stop doing? And so you know, I stopped drinking all carbonated beverages and I started to see results. And then after that, I stopped eating fast food and I started to see results. And then I stopped you know, going to bed really late at night and it started to make a difference. And then after that, I finally had the energy to start working out and then I started to make progress. And so in our lives, whether you're a leader or a salesperson, it's just asking yourself the question, don't worry about what do you have to start doing? What are all the things you can just stop doing? And you'll be amazed how much progress you make. 
Rory, what do you think is a reasonable time to go to bed? A reasonable time to go to bed? Well, you know, here's the thing. I try to stick to the eight hours and I average about, I've got this little thing on my wrist, you know, that like this jawbone, you know, like the Fitbits and all this stuff. Oh yeah. And and so I'm fascinated by, I usually get about something like seven hours and 15 minutes of sleep a night, but you know, I try to go for eight hours. So I go to bed pretty late. I go to bed at like 11 and I wake up at seven, but you know, whatever it is, it's like, you got to recharge. Your body's got to have energy. So yeah, understandable. Uh, Let's do one more finish this sentence. Go ahead, Steve. Discipline is mandatory if we want to achieve any goal in our life. Discipline to me is the vehicle, you know, and you just ask yourself, you know, the last time you were in front of a set of escalators and some stairs, did you take the stairs? And the answer for most of us is no. Most of us take the escalator. Most of us gravitate towards the path of least resistance. And at Southwestern Consulting, you know, we've got 70 consultants. We do sales coaching. And that is the core thing that we do is we coach salespeople. And as we started studying salespeople from all across the planet, we found that the one thing they had in common was not their age, their ethnicity, their background, their education their industry, the company, the one thing that every single successful person has in common is that successful people have formed the habit of doing things they know they should be doing even when they don't feel like doing them. In a word, that's discipline. And as a philosophy, we call that take the stairs. All right, Roy. So earlier we had a little talk about procrastination. I don't want the listeners to miss this because I think it's so important. And you had a YouTube video about three types of procrastination. Would you be willing to share what are the three types of procrastination? Maybe we should just talk about this one later. <laughs> yeah, let's procrastinate. <laughs> let's put it off. <laughs> um, it's a great question, Jared, because we discovered that there's different types of procrastination. So the first one is the one that we all think of, which is classic procrastination. So classic procrastination is consciously delaying that which we know we should be doing. So, you know, I have a stack of bills at night on the kitchen counter when I come home from work. I know I should be paying the bills, but I'm tired or I'm exhausted or whatever. So it's like, I'm going to sit on the couch and watch Modern Family. That's what I do, you know, to veg out. I love Modern Family. And that's the kind of procrastination that we all think of when we hear the word, but that is not the most dangerous type of procrastination for a salesperson or anybody trying to overcome doubt because we know when we are doing it, like we know that we're making that decision. The second type of procrastination is I self-identified. I didn't invent it, but I coined the phrase to describe it. And being that I study procrastination for a living, I wanted to create something that sounded very smart and intellectual and academic. And so I came up with a new phrase that I really love. Not only is it fun, but it's more accurate. And I like to call it creative avoidance. And creative avoidance is different than classic procrastination because it's unconscious. It's unconsciously filling the day with menial work or trivial work. And what's crazy about creative avoidance is we can be in the office long hours. We can be moving really fast during the day. We can be in a lot of meetings, on a lot of conference calls, answering a lot of emails, right? But when we get to the end of the day, if we look back on what we accomplished with that day, very often we will see that if we're honest with ourselves, we were nothing more than busy just being busy. And distraction is a dangerously deceptive saboteur of our goals. So you have classic procrastination, you have creative avoidance. And then the third one, we noticed about two years ago, we started in addition, about 80% of the clients we work with are salespeople and we're doing one-on-one sales coaching. But then about two years ago, we started working with sales managers and sort of executives, VPs of sales, owners of small businesses. And there's another type of procrastination that we identified in those people that we call priority dilution. 
And priority dilution affects kind of the chronic overachievers. It affects the very people you wouldn't think to be procrastinators. And it has nothing to do with being lazy or apathetic or disengaged like the first two, but it is the same net result that an owner or a high performer will leave at the end of the day with the three most important things on their to-do list not crossed off because they allowed their attention consciously or unconsciously to shift to less important, but perhaps more urgent tasks. So in other words, they're always falling victim to whatever is latest and loudest. And the phrase that we hear from clients is they feel like they're always putting out fires. And in fact, priority dilution has become such a popular dynamic among, you know, probably kind of people who listen to this show who are achievers. And it's this new type of procrastination. The book that we are writing right now, it comes out in January, is all about solving that problem specifically. Whereas, you know, take the stairs is just about getting yourself to take action in general. So you got classic procrastination, creative avoidance, and priority dilution. All right, Stephen. Okay. Since we're on discipline, Rory, what inspired you to establish the Center for Study of Self-Discipline? Can you tell us more about that one? Yeah, I think, you know, self-discipline is one of these concepts that people think either they're born with it or they're not. And, you know, that's what we kind of set out to answer is figure out self-discipline is something you either have or you don't, or is it something that can be learned and developed? And I was very fortunate to learn about self-discipline at a young age because when I was five years old, my mom put me into martial arts. And so I started studying martial arts at age five. And by age 10, I had become the youngest black belt in Colorado to ever get beaten up by a girl. And I used to fight with my mom. And I was like, mom, I don't like this. I don't enjoy this. This isn't fun for me. And my mom would always say the same thing back to me. She would always say, that's okay, Rory. Enjoying it isn't a requirement of doing it. And it's such a great lesson that we learn as kids. Enjoying it isn't a requirement of doing it. And yet we become these sophisticated adults. And so quickly we lose sight of that all important truth. And so the Center for the Study of Self-Discipline was meant to sort of research these dynamics and really try to collect and capture some data around how do people get themselves to do the things they don't want to do? How do they get themselves to take the stairs? And, you know, the whole Take the Stairs book, it's been translated in nine languages now. So it's kind of doing this international phenomenon. And I think the reason why is because what people realize when they read that book is that perhaps for the first time ever, they are realizing that self-discipline isn't as hard as we think when we know how to to think about it the right way. And the book is nothing other than these seven key distinctions and misconceptions that people have about self-discipline that is based on sort of real-world experience, interviews, data, and then, you know, sort of self-study and personal application. And people are empowered when they realize that if you can create these sort of seven subtle changes in your thinking, then your actions, you can completely change the course of your actions, which obviously will result in changing the results that you have in every single area of your life. Well said. Rory, sometimes our businesses can be running on a very fast pace and we want to keep that momentum so we end up stressing out or getting burned out. And there's a need to draw that margin because you know you want balance between business and your personal or family life. So your best opinion on this, how do we establish that margin without really putting productivity into compromise? Yeah. So that question, Jared, really strikes at the core of the research that we're doing right now. And our next book, a kind of ironic and contrarian, our next book is called Procrastinate on Purpose. So part of the theme there is how do you decide what things not to do? Deciding what not to do is as important as deciding what to do. 
And so the key is to figure out what is really significant in my business. What are the things that I can do today that will create more time and more results tomorrow? And once you identify what those things are, you take the stairs, you focus in on those, you give yourself the permission to protect those things. And that's what the Take the Stairs book is about, right? How to take action, if you, even if you don't want to. But procrastinate on purpose is really about what to do with everything else and how to eliminate, automate, delegate, and procrastinate all of the other activities so that you can just concentrate and get disciplined on the things that really need to be done. And so I think one mistake that people are making in their life is they're trying to find ways to do things faster. And the reason we did that is there's this thought, hey, if I do things faster, then that should create more margin. But what the problem with that is something called the law of Douglas MacArthur, which is the amount of busy work always expands to fill the amount of time available. So you do one thing faster and it's not like you go, oh, cool, now I'm done. What you complete that activity and that leads you to the next activity. So that way of thinking is an old paradigm that we're really trying to change with this new book. It's not about doing things faster. It's truly about determining what are the activities that are going to have the most significant long-term impacts and giving yourself permission to protect those and procrastinate on the others. So that question intersects. That's where the intersection is of take the stairs. Take the stairs is how to do the things you know you should be doing that you don't want to do. And pop, procrastinate on purpose, is about how to decide what those things are and what to do with everything else. Yeah, that's well said. Perfect. Rory, two questions here. How would you define servant selling and what does it take for one to be a good servant seller? Okay, so now you guys aren't just testing me on my book. Now you're like going through my blogs and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate it's the hot the, seat. <laughs> I appreciate the energy that you've put into this. So servant selling is a part of our core philosophy at Southwestern Consulting. And again, it's sort of contrary to what you might hear, just like Take the Stairs is and Procrastinate on Purpose. Servant Selling is the book after this next book. And it is the core part of our strategy at Southwestern Consulting. And we have a little bit of a different belief from what, you know, most salespeople are teaching you, you know, advanced closing tactics and sort of ninja mind tricks to do this or that, basically around how to talk people into do things they don't want to do. Our strategy is we know all of those sales techniques and a lot of them we practice, a lot of them we have modified and shaped, but it's really a philosophical difference that we believe that selling is the byproduct of serving. And that if you focus on serving people, then you are going to increase your sales. And the only time that you get nervous is when you're focused on yourself and your commission and your sales and saying the right thing. And are you going to be prepared to like have every answer to everything? And a key mantra is that we talk about is it's hard to be nervous when your heart's on service. And that if you're truly focused on helping somebody achieve their goal in life, then inside of standing in that place, there's nothing to be nervous about. Now, it doesn't mean being a weak salesperson by any means, because allowing people to be undecided is an incredible disservice. Allowing people to live in the world of maybe is an incredible disservice. Allowing people to procrastinate on decisions and difficult choices they need to make is an incredible disservice. But the difference is we're not trying to just get them to say yes. We're trying to help decide what is best for them. And a yes is good, but a no is fine. But a maybe disserves both you as the servant salesperson and them as the customer. And so it's a different philosophy. It's about not creating the most commissions just in the short term. It's about building relationships. It's about serving the person. And we really believe that it's more important to win a person's trust than it is to win the sale. 
Absolutely. I wish more people subscribe to that. All right, Rory, one of our favorite quotes is success is never owned, it's rented, and the rent is due every day. You say that at the end of your podcast. Please tell us what that means. Yeah, you know, we get to the end of the Take the Stairs book or, you know, if I'm doing like a Take the Stairs keynote or something and somebody, their almost immediate ensuing question just always cracks me up because they always, they'll come to me and they'll say, okay, Rory, so let's say I start doing all this stuff. Let's say I start overcoming procrastination. I'm making the sacrifices and I'm being committed and I'm taking the stairs and I'm being disciplined and I'm doing the things I don't want to do. How long do I have to do that for? It makes me laugh because I think it's the same question that I would ask, you know, if I were being exposed to this stuff for the first time. And I always tell them, look, I'm not interested in telling people what they want to hear. I'm interested in helping people achieve their goals in life. I'm interested in telling them truth, not what's popular, not what is going to make me sell the most amount of books, not what is going to get me the most amount of likes on Facebook. I want the people to know the real truth. And the truth is we never get to stop being disciplined. We never do. Now, that doesn't mean that life is going to be one great big giant trip to the gym or that we're only going to eat foliage for every meal. But the reason it's true is because of something that we at Southwestern have said for hundreds of years. And it's not, you know, I get credited with the quote because I've sort of taken it and championed it and made it a mantra that people rally behind. But I didn't actually come up with it originally. It's from our parent company, Southwestern. And that is that success is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. And you can take out that word success and put in for it anything that matters to you in your life. Financial security is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. Financial security, physical health is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. A great business is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. Happy marriage is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. The rent is higher for some of us than others on that last one, depending on who you married. But and sometimes it strikes people as discouraging, like, oh, really? Oh, that's like, oh, crap, that's bad news. But really, it's the most empowering truth of all, because when you embrace this idea that the choices that you're making in your life, the take the stairs mindset is not a diet. It's not a six month plan. It's not a temporary change. It's a permanent change in the way that you think. And those permanent changes in your thinking are going to create permanent changes in your actions. And what you realize is you stop wasting time looking for the escalator. You stop wasting time looking for the secret and the magic pill and the shortcut. And you start getting serious about doing the things you already know that your business or your life needs. And so you zero in, you do those things, and you create different results. And what you find is your life becomes easier and easier and easier, and the rent goes down, down, down. But regardless, no matter what level you ever get to, success is never owned. It's rented, and the rent is due every single day. Awesome. That's great. I love that quote. Rory, who is doing something that interests you? Who's doing something that interests me? Yes. Oh, I'll tell you, do you guys know Simon Sinek? I'm sure you probably know at least of him, right? Yes. Yep. So his new book, Leaders Eat Last, is really good. I saw him speak last week and got to spend a couple minutes with him, and it's really good, you know. And so that whole idea of just sort of servant leadership, you know, servant selling, those are things that we believe in. And so I'm really interested in that. And, you know, he's really given me a lot of conviction at Southwestern Consulting. Uh, you know, unlike probably like a lot of authors and speakers maybe that you have like on the show is that we're a big team. It's much bigger than me. I'm just one one speaker guy. And we 
we've got 70 people and we've got 750 active coaching clients and we're serving these salespeople. And the stuff that Simon has written has really challenged me to go, hey, does our team have absolute clarity about why we exist and what we are here to do? And we've really been rallying and championing that the reason that Southwestern Consulting exists, the reason that we started the company with you know four of us nine years ago is to help people achieve their goals in life, specifically to help salespeople achieve their goals in life. And that's why we're here and what we're doing. And I think Simon's writing has really helped us develop a lot of clarity around that. And it's, it's been really inspiring. It's making a huge difference. And so that's what my mind has been locked on recently. Rory, as we start to wrap up here, what is the best place for the listeners to learn more about Procrastinate on Purpose and stay connected with everything that you're doing online? Oh, well, thanks for asking me that, Jared. I would just say RoryVadenBlog.com. That's the place to go because, you know, we are talking about servant selling. We're sharing the updates of Procrastinate on Purpose. You know, yeah, I've got my podcast there and, you know, they can find all that. But that's, you know, we've got free content coming out every single day. So RoryVadenBlog.com is the place to go. Great. Great. Rory, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? You know, just embrace that idea that success is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. And if you're willing to be a take the stairs person, if you're willing to embrace that, you're going to find that you create changes in your life. And then to you guys, you know, uh, Stephen, thanks for being here. And, and Jared, thanks for what you do. Like this show reaches a lot of people. It makes a difference in the world. And you've got a really amazing lineup of people that come and I'm inspired by the whole thing. So thank you for what you do. Oh, my pleasure. So, Rory, best wishes to you and your family and your business. Thank you again. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rory. Hey, if I do things faster, then that should create more margin. But what the problem with that is something called the law of Douglas MacArthur, which is the amount of busy work always expands to fill the amount of time available. 